0: Hello. Good morning. How are you? Oh my gosh. I want and I desire to praise the Lord no matter what's going on in my life. And that's, that's all I have to say. Let's go back to pray, <laughs> praying. Adrian, I think you have to close both doors when you come back. Uh Good morning. Oh, thank you, Kim. One extra copy? Two extra copies. All right, everybody got a copy. That needs a copy. Thank you, Adrian. Going once, going twice. Okay. So, my recollection is that we are on the last page where Elisha and Gilgal. Gilgal. How do you say that? Gilgal. Okay. I like Gilgal better than Gilgal. It's not a gull. We will be interrupted shortly by a very loud launch. I say loud, who knows? Okay, so, short review. Very short. We've been talking about Sons of the Prophets. We've been reviewing all the Locations that we know the sons of the prophets were dwelled, hung out, whatever um this is leading up into our conference called Rama, and we've talked about Rama, I gotta go look over here, and we've talked about Bethel, <laughs> my own spit, and we've talked about Jericho. And we talked about Jordan. Am I doing good so far? Who else have we talked about? Oh, that's it. Now we're talking about Gilgal. All right, so Pastor Ron, you know, him and I have been coordinating this whole time. So he was teaching about the Gilgal fast. I did not have any idea he was going to do that. So you guys have those notes we're going to probably incorporate. Well, you're going to have to incorporate because I'm just having a hard time keeping my stuff going. And and what's, um, you know, this instance where Elisha was in Gilgal and dealing with the sons of the prophets. So it's a very weird story when I was reading it and found some stuff in there that did not make sense. So I have definitely been praying and asking the Lord, to help me with this because I don't understand some of it. So I'm just being honest. Usually I understand most of the stuff, not always, but this time I'm definitely definitely lacking. So Vicky's already writing notes, and I all I've said is that I don't know what I'm doing. That's pretty good. You putting that in the margins of your notes? <laughs> she, she's doing. Why do I let her teach? Need to talk to Larry about that later. <laughs> So, we'll start with prayer, Father, thank you again so much for this day. Thank you again so much for your word that we continually learn from, even though I know I've read almost all of these um all of these scriptures that we've already talked about and and did not notice so many things, but your spirit has brought them to light. Father, I thank you for this group of people here in this house, and I thank you for the group of people all across the world, all across the earth that have a desire to know you more. And Father, I thank, thank you and I ask that you make your presence known to those that not only want to be in your presence but want to live in that presence and not just run after this and run after that. They want to be with you, Father. I lift those people up, Father. and I, Again, I thank you that you have given us the choice and given us, these. I say, these desires to follow you. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, in Elisha, 2 Kings four thirty-eight through forty-four, we're just going to read the scripture. Okay, I'm just going to read the scripture once I get there. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. First time I read that, I thought it said death. Was a dearth in the land, and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. <laughs> And he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and see the pottage for the sons of the prophets. Seeth, sorry, seeth the pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather herbs, herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage. For they knew them not. So they poured out for the men to eat and it came to pass. They were eating of the pottage and they cried out and said, Oh, thou man of God, <laughs> there is death in the pot. <laughs> I keep reading. It makes me laugh. And they could not eat thereof. But he said, then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. And there came a man from Baal Shele, I know, and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, what, what? Should I set this before a hundred men? And he said again, give the people and they may, and that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and they shall leave thereof. So he said it before them, before them, and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. This, I, I oh, when I first read this, I was like, What's pottage? What's a pot? What's seething? I know how to seethe when I'm seething when I'm really mad. Same concept. Okay. So Elisha. He's come again to Gilgal. So we know they've been here before. Yep, we do. Because we talked about it like in the first verse. Or second verse, whatever. So there we are. And um, there was a dearth in the land. So there was a drought that was going on. And there was hunger and famine happening in the land. And so the sons of the prophets were, what were they doing? They were sitting. They were dwelling before him. So... It's, I'm making a, th- a thought process here that, that before him means before Elisha so Elisha's looking out to this crowd of people not that much of a crowd but a hundred people and they're hungry so he said unto his servant set on the great pot and seeth pottage for the sons of the prophets so in regular English he's, he's asking this guy to feed him we got this pot. I want you to put soup in it. And I want you to, to cook it. Because seeth means to boil. Just like it does when you're seething mad. Yes. Um, and so, and and for the sons of the prophets. Again, he, he mentions them twice in the first, you know, verse. It's like, okay. What we're supposed to know is that, as we know about the sons of the prophets, there are these guys that are going to speak as, as a spokesman for God. And here they are sitting before him. I don't know. Were they waiting to, for a word from the Lord? That's, I don't, I don't, we don't know, but here they are waiting on God. I'm going to say waiting on God. Yes.
1: You know, it is interesting though, because I was looking at the word dirt mm-hmm. and it does say figuratively, it could be a famine of Jehovah's word. Yeah.
0: And when you think of, sorry, yeah. When you think about it, we, we've talked about famine before. Um, and it, it did just directly related to, if you're in a famine, it's, it's about the word of God is not being poured forth in wherever you are or in you. And so go ahead. No, I'm done. Go ahead. Well, I the fact that they that word before is
2: they're not just sitting there. I mean, that's pineem. So they're, I think, I think that's exactly, they are hungry for the word and mm. they're sitting there ready to turn their head themselves, their inner man, whichever way Elijah, the prophet is going to turn. They're, they're, they're waiting for the word from God.
0: Isn't that isn't it interesting how you read a story and you think it's about being hungry in the natural, and then you read a story again after you've been Walking a walk and you go, this is not about that. And it gets even cooler. Someone's going to find that word down there and they're going to go, what? You're going to find it. I know you are. So um, so it says, and one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds, his lap full. So pumpkin? I don't know. It was uh, I was on a vine, so it's something on the ground, so like a pumpkin or I mean, whatever. I, watermelon? I don't think watermelon. But anyway, found this this found this gourds, wild gourds, and he he shredded them and put them in the pot. I don't think I've ever had soup like that, but that doesn't matter. We're talking something very interesting here. And came and shred the men put him in the pot of pottage. That keeps making me laugh too. For they knew them not. Who's they? For they knew them not. And we know new is the word yada. Well you don't know, but now you do know. So it's interesting. What is he talking about? You mean to tell me that these these guys never have had, you know, wild gourds for soup? I. I don't think so. Maybe, I think there's there's a again um, a waiting happening here, and and the the people waiting didn't know what was going to happen, and the people gathering the gourds weren't sure what's going to happen either. They were just doing what they were told. They went and got the the best resource they could, such as it was, brought it in to the kitchen, and were making this this soup up. And, and I think maybe some more things will come clear as I keep going. I'm hoping. Um, so they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass, as they were eating, so they were devouring this food, and I'm saying food, but they're devouring of the pottage, and they cried out. And that's the word sawak, which we've heard, and it reminds us of the word kradzo in the New Testament that they were crying out, that they were even shrieking, and said, O thou man of God, O thou man of Elohim, there is death in the pot. So it's some kind of poisonous thing that has occurred. Because when you think of death, you know, you're going to die in the natural. You're going to die. There's, there's some poison that, that somehow got in the pot, Maybe it was the gourds that were wild gourds, you just you just don't know. Um, and they could not eat thereof. So they could not overcome when it says, "And they could, and here's what's interesting: and they could is one word. Not eat is another word. thereof's not there." So I need my phone. Okay, I don't have it. All right. Can someone look up what the word not eat is? Uh, Come on, somebody. Uh, just tell me the word. It's okay. i call. So it's the word eat. Yes. But where's the word not at? Okay, previous word. You call. You call. And they could. It means to prevail, to overcome, to endure. To have power to be able. Why is there a knot in there? <laughs> so this is saying that the sons of the of the prophets um, overcame eating. Verse 41. It's almost gonna keep going because it's gonna come back. But he said, Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot and he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. Okay. Meal, flour. I feel like I'm Pastor Ron, but I'm not. We have to study this. Meal is flour or something that's ground up. And we know cast means to throw or to to hurl. <laughs> to fling Larry if you have meal fling it now and pour out for the people that's really what it just means that they may eat there's the word or call again there's a lot of eating happening here or spoken of in this place where there's a drought and how about that how about and there was no harm she saw it you see it it's really there was no raw
3: in the debar because
0: the pot is the word debar. No. No, and there was no harm.
3: Oh, in. Oh. Where you get
0: raw? What? I don't know. Where did you get raw? She'll well, go harm? back. I have raw. Really? Oh. What word do you have raw for? Harm. Debar is in, sorry. Oh, my! my I'm, I'm with you because that's what mine says. In. The word in was debar. In. Okay, the so word in is debar. Ra and debar. debar. Interesting. There was no raw debar in the, har- in, the in the pot. Okay, we'll do it that way. <laughs> it's just I guess it's just where they put it with the with the emphasis. Do the people with the computers that have a more powerful program? Are you with me? Okay. So and there was no harm in the pot. So there, the the raw bar in the pot. is basically what we're getting. Bob. Yeah. Okay, very good. No, that's fine. So wait, we were talking about soup. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Vicky's saying that she had two words for harm. One's raw and one's debar. Okay. she Adrian, you're just gonna have to believe us, I guess. Okay. What, Ricky? You have to to talk in the microphone if you're going to talk something. He's not going to talk. Okay. So this this whole setup, this whole thing that we're reading, is all about the word of the Lord. Obviously, it's about the word of the Lord. Because we are talking about sons of the prophets. And it keeps saying the people, but every time it says the people, when you keep reading the scripture, it's referring to the sons of the prophets. And so when you are following Elisha along in what he's talking about, it really has nothing to do with food. It has everything to do with being in Gilgal and that there's a drought of the word of the Lord in that place. And the sons of the prophets are looking at Elisha because he's now like, quote, the teacher, quote, the leader of these group of men. And they're looking to him for instruction or a word or you know whatever they do when they train and and talk which is probably similar to what we do at saints network
3: well it's interesting because when i looked at 41 and looked at pour out for the people it's it actually roots back to being dark or dim Mm -hmm. and so if you don't have the word of the lord you are walking in like a darkness or a dimness awaiting his light to shine the the hidden thing yeah
0: that you're waiting on in the famine time
2: well, in verse thirty-nine, when it says to gather herbs, uh-huh, uh, the word gather is gleaning, and the word herbs is really talking about the prosperity of light. And
0: I and, love it when you guys follow.
2: And then you've got the wild vine, which you really could look at that as the meaning of it is a twisting, mm-hmm. and a, a bending, you know. And and then um, the word lap is really to oh. to be treacherous, to be deceit deceitful. Mm -hmm. So it's like the, the word that was being given by this individual was not the word of the Lord. It was, it was something that had been twisted, something that was, had treachery behind it. And it said, he shred them into the pot. That shred is the word uh, to pierce or to break open. And you really, you, a pot can be a pot, but it can also be a thorn or a hook, something that can snag you. Yep. And I think that was the point of what this debar was, this raw debar, was to kind of deceive the prophets and, and kind of be a hook to them so that it would get them off track.
0: Yeah, and did you look at the word gourd as well? Yeah, splitting open. Uh-huh, to shed seeds.
2: Ah, that's ah, yeah, right, I missed that part, yeah.
0: How, I mean, how nifty is that that God talks this way? When you, I mean, because you, you look at this and you're like, ooh, the gorge must have been bad. Oh, goodness. Da, da. No, it was all words of the Lord, except these were talking about, sorry, word, twisted words. Go, Adrian. Well,
1: And like Mom was saying, when you looked at the word vine, you know, and it to bend, but it also said of stars fading at Jehovah's judgment. And it just made me think about, I actually just finished listening to Wednesday Night Live and Pastor Ron was talking about the fig. And the uh, comparison of them being thrown down. Like, was it Revelation or the Scripture talks about the stars being thrown down? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The yes. demonic coming down. So not taking on the burden of the Lord or... Um,
0: Revelation and, 6.13. There you go.
1: <laughs> and his timing. But that's what was being gathered were those things that weren't um,
0: submitted or weren't right. in missed timing. Yeah. He said missed their harvest and there when he go. was doing it. Yeah, and and I thought it was interesting too. I didn't know how that stuff about the figs, where there's a good time and then another time and then another. What? Go ahead.
2: Well, and then you've got when it goes forward, it says bring the meal, and he cast it in the pot. Mm-hmm. That meal is going to represent bread. Yep. Really, so it is. You're talking about tobe tobe bread, and when he cast it, he that's firmly established. In so that's that's what he's setting the groundwork there for the prophets.
0: So do you think that the sons of the prophets got this? I do. Absolutely. But do you think that the dollar general people got it? (laughs) The general church, do you think the general church gets it? I mean, we see it now. We may have even looked at these words in the past and said, okay, that's interesting. But now look where we are where you read a scripture like this, I mean, how many verses is this? 38 through 44, and it completely changed, changes what the meaning is when you look at each one of the words, and you put it together with what's going on. And this is happening where? In Gilgal. So this is all part of a characteristic of Gilgal, because what happened was, I mean, you can call it a miracle if you want to, but it's, you know, it changed Poisonous words into words that can be spoken by us, by the sons of the prophets, on behalf of the Lord. And it gets even better than that because we're not even done with the scripture. Now you go into verse forty-two and you look at this. And I can't say that guy's name because I don't have my phone with me. You, not the guy's name, it's a place. You look at the, you know, forty-two, huh? Yeah. Shall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh God, I probably was. Um, and, you know, what's the definition of the word? Thrice great Lord. Three times. Okay, and we know Baal or Baal or however you want to pronounce it. We know that that refers to the, the uh, icky God. I don't know, say it that way if you want to. Not, not, yes, not Ikibod, but Ikigod. <laughs> so what we're going to read is like a miracle of first fruits is what we're going to read. And and this should remind you of another story somewhere else in the, in the Bible. And there came a man from that word, that place and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk. I'm not sure. Well, never mind. Thereof. And he said, Give unto the people and they may eat. So that's just, there we go. Verse 42. This is a first fruits offering. This guy is in this person, whoever brought it, says a man, whoever brought it, it's during a time of great drought in the land. Let's just start with the surface meaning of what's going on. Now, He's got first fruits, he's got all this food. What could he have done? He didn't have to bring it to the Lord. He could have kept it for himself. He probably could have sold it for a pretty a pretty amount of money there because everybody's starving. I mean, you can say all these things, but he didn't do it. He brought it to God because that's where it belonged. It didn't belong to anybody else. It didn't belong to him, it didn't belong to anybody else. It belonged to the God. So he brought it to Elisha and said, here, so you guys are going to start looking up the stuff about first fruits to 20 loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk. <laughs> That's a funny word. Um, so the servant or the servitor of this, of this guy that brought the stuff said, you want me to do What? You want me to put this little amount of food in front of these hundred men? Basically saying it, it ain't going to work. I ain't going to feed them all. Okay, well, I'll, I'll yes, give the people that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave. Isn't that interesting? Why are they going to eat and leave? It's like, you know, sometimes we like to do that. Just go to lunch, then we're going to leave. Scissor done. Go ahead, Vicky.
2: And actually, leave means leftover or remain. Yeah. So there's going to be a miracle occur.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be. Whew, why did they say leave? Why didn't they say leftover, Vicky? You weren't there when they translated it? We should have been. We all. And I meet you. I doubt it too. <laughs> oh, okay. She liked that one. She really did like that one. So he said it before them and they did eat and left. Same word as shall leave. According to the word, <clears throat> the Jehovah of the Lord. Where else in scripture <clears throat> do you remember the story? Yeah, the 4,000 and 5,000, right? Okay, you're not. Yes, and I totally agree. I was just going to say, I don't
3: think I realized that this happened before Jesus walked on the earth. So didn't know
0: this was in the old Testament. Did you? Did not. I didn't either. I have to tell you the first time I read it, I was like, wait, wait, just reading it from the surface, just reading the words. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that they had more food than they needed. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Kept going back. Yeah. When, when Jesus fed, fed those, all those people, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, well, we don't talk a lot about it, but people talk a lot about, you know, chasing after the presence of God, right? They, they, they run from one, one movement to another, looking for that feeling of being with God in his, in wherever he's at. And they don't get the whole story and so then something happens and they boom they they're gone they're back over where they were before and now they're seeking after his presence understanding that we carry his presence right we we you know we're we're like tabernacles i mean all the things that they say about about who we are that, that's a real it's real it's a real thing you don't want to just be in his presence you want to carry his presence you want to you abide in his presence you you want to you know you're not just looking for a visitation maybe i should say it that way you're just not looking for it go ahead well
3: it's it's kind of like what god and i were talking about yesterday during prayer um it's like the, the ability to to understand and comprehend that his kingdom is now it's not and it's bigger and it's brighter than anything I my ver- my physical eyes can see or, comp- or my brain can comprehend it's like to actually be able to function in his kingdom now more so than i function in my earthly body you know in the physical nature of everything around me and i think that's really that's how the apostles and disciples were able to operate as they did because they realized that yeah you're going to have things pop up you're going to have crises and emergencies and yet and daily living and yet the kingdom of god is really The reality. Yeah. And that was...
0: I'm with you. Do you want to say something? Yep. If you're done, hand her the microphone. Well, if you really...
2: If you look at the difference between those two, the visitation is is really like drive-through fast food. Ah, You know, you want something instantaneous that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. may not be that great for you, but, you know, I mean, it's got its qualities, but it's not anything... That's fulfilling, we mm-hmm. put it that way, as long term, as opposed to, because it quickly wears off. That's why they're running to the next place. Right. As opposed to the presence, which is totally investing in continually consuming the bread and the deep meat of the Lord.
4: Absolutely. I, I just thought it was real interesting to note that uh, this uh, barley bread represents Israel, actually, because. Um, in Judges, uh, it was that dream of the Midianites uh, that uh, uh, Gideon was was told about, where the barley loaf rolled down the hill and took out the tent of the Midianites, <laughs> and uh, it was interpreted by the other guy that, oh, well, that's Israel, that's Gideon, and they're going to kill us. You know, so it was the power of God's people functioning in His will. <sighs>
0: Man, we need to remember that forever. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: I also I looked up twenty and it really goes back to the tithe. So mm-hmm. the reason he brought it is because it was the tithe. I mean, this is this this gentleman, he understood first fruits and he understood that and what he gave was a tithe of, of whatever he had accumulated. And so interesting that he brought it to Gilgal. I mean, he knew that's where
0: God God told him, him. obviously told him, we need a miracle here. Take your, take what you have and let's go do it. And then he gets there and it's like, whoa, how did that feed all those people? And there's still more left over because it's the word of the Lord (laughs) and and it's a tithe and an offering.
2: Which means he was also sowing it into the potential of the word for the land.
0: Yeah. See, we're, we're, we're going to have these kinds of things. As we go forward, we're going to have these places we're going to be like, we're going to be in, in, in Dallas. I understand we're going to have places like Gilgal, places like Jericho, places like the Jordan. We cross Jordans all the time. We do in order to get to the other side and receive the promise and understand where we're at. We have to cross like a Jordan. So we have these things now in our lives that are happening left and right. And, and it sounds like, seems like the father is calling us forth. Maybe in a more, not maybe, in a more powerful way with His power, with His revelation to us and with our submission to Him, He just He just keeps going. He's just like, He's the God that keeps on giving because we give Him everything that we have. So, you know, I mean, we're having this fast that we're going through. I don't know what everybody's fasting. It's all your business. But I have to tell you that this fast has greatly helped me with problems that I've been having for like the last 2 months and I I I can't put my finger on it what's going on We're some squishes fly maybe doesn't maybe a bug uh, but I'm on this fast it's been it's been clearing my mind to really be able to see, and I'm just talking about me, what God is is really doing in my life and what he's really doing. It's like, it's like part of what you were saying, you know, here we are, we've lived this life. I mean, some of you have been with God your whole entire life. You've not known anything but having God in your life. And some of us have came along later. And now God's saying, okay, you guys are all cool. Let's go. Now we have something. It's more tangible than you understand but it's invisible. It's not something that can be seen in the natural, but it is very tangible to us, which is a weird to me, a weird place to be to realize that this is, this is a real thing. What's going on is, is real. And so in this fast, you know, God, what's he asking of you? What did he ask you to fast? Not asking anybody to answer. So what miracle is going to await you. We can have that kind of expectation expectations now because we understand it's not and this is hard to say right here but it's not like I give you $20 and you give me something back. That that's not that's not how it works. Though so that's what I always thought. If I give him this, then I'll get that. If I do this, then I'll get It's so much it's so much bigger than that. It's so much more of your understanding your investment in him and his investment in you
3: I' see if I can put this the way it's formed in my head, but it's like because we understand um, how God's kingdom functions, then we start to look at ourselves not just as people in his kingdom, but we actually start. Walking in that authority and not just as an authority of, oh, hey, we can drive out demons. It's like, no, there's an authority as in I've asked you to do this because you follow through in obedience. Now you can expect that there's going to be a miracle on the other side, not because you um, are looking for it, but because you have followed my followed the steps of devotion to my heart and to my kingdom. And it really goes back to that Matthew six thirty three. You seek His first, the kingdom and His righteousness, and everything else is added. And that's that. I think it's just like that dawning of understanding. You know, we talk about the authority that we have in Christ, and it's not something that can be bought. Like Simon the sorcerer was going on, going, "Hey, I, I want what you got. You know, you're driving out, you casting out demons, and you're doing miracles. How can I get that?" And it's like, that's it's not for sale. It's It's really, we give out of our first fruits and tithes and offerings because we have first a devotion to the heart of the Father. And because of that, we're now in a place where we can look and go, wow, there's a lot of authority and there's a lot of that Sha'al asking of me that we're given the ability to do because we have been devoted to his heart.
4: Yeah. And we have to remember that authority means responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. If you have authority, you're expected to use that for something that has to be done uh, that has been uh, set to happen. And we are be given this authority and the responsibility to to call it forth. And that's what the Sha'al is all about, to realize what has been set before us and to realize it's up to us. We are expected. We are uh, pinned, so to speak, to be the ones to to pull the trigger. And if we're not, if we're not seeing it that way, uh, then whatever we're doing is missing that, that point of launching. And, and we're just, we're just kind of circling and and not really getting anything done.
2: Can I just say too, we need to remember what this word debar really means Mm -hmm. because it's, it's just the word of the Lord is wonderful. But when you, when you reckon that, that. This stands for an ability to take dominion of the land and its inhabitants. That's our heritage. That's what God has set us up for. And I was thinking back when I was just looking at this to that trip that we had planned to uh, Brazil, right on the edge of the rainforest, Man- Manaus, Manaus, uh, where there's a lot of strong, strong, demonic, uh, demonic strongholds there and why that. You know, COVID came in and we couldn't go. But why that happened? I mean, I think God needed our inner man. We needed to transition to this new place first so that we could recognize and function and be able to assess and actually tap into the things that we needed to be able to tap. We, we didn't have that function. And I think he's trying, this is part of what he's working in us in this, this time frame right now, and that's what's necessary for going and taking these places. You, even what we had before was not adequate. Mm-hmm. And so, would you mind if I shared my my dream I had last night?
0: Absolutely. Right Why are you now? asking because me? I, I feel like that kind of okay. Well, I
2: feel like it kind of. Plays <laughs> oh, in.
0: I understand. Yes, ma'am. I, I just don't want to take your time, if it's okay. Take
2: case. Take, take so, it away. So right before I woke up this morning, I had this dream that was, of course, very vivid. Because because I remembered it, which is unusual, and uh, it was it was kind of wacky, and I didn't think a lot about it, you know, until I got in here and was praying, and the Lord brought it up again and began to give me the interpretation. And essentially, I I was uh, I received a phone call from a steakhouse. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but the owner of a steakhouse who had had dealings with Larry and I before, and said, "You all are such a sweet couple, and we've had such a good rapport." Um, I'm, I'm now the owner of one of these, and I, I thought it was dollar generals, but it's family dollars that are being, I don't know if y'all noticed, they're all being turned into dollar trees. And she said, I want to give you the, you and your husband, the first choice to go into my store before it opens and, and take the choice, the, you know, the first provisions, the first things that, that you'd like to have. And, um, Jocelyn was standing there. And she said the <laughs> statement once, and then this lady said something again about go and help yourself, and Jocelyn said it again, and the statement was, she said, oh, before the, and she said some name brand, you know, it's like Gucci, it wasn't that, but something like that, but represented the the world's ways, the you know, um, and then she said an individual's name to me that represented the religious traditions. I don't want to share that name. Uh, she said, "Before the so the Gucci and the blank shoes arrive, you go in there and and take what you need before the those two things, the Gucci and this other person type shoes arrive to to pick." And so the Lord is telling me that the um, owner represented that strong, the owner of strong meat, which is the spirit, you know, bringing that strong meat, that Debar word, to the saints. And it's the difference between the general church and the trees of righteousness, dollar trees, you know, trees of of great worth and, and value. And that we're going to be given as trees of righteousness the opportunity to harvest these type of trees, trees of righteousness from the general church. And before you say, well, isn't that what we've been doing? I think this is a deliberate in a much larger, grander scale than what we've known, we're going to be harvesting these type of trees from from the general church. Those choice figs, as you said, as opposed to the, the leftover, the forgotten figs that uh, really are no value to anybody. Um, and God's going to give us first fruit provisions in the form of he's equipping us with new weapons, new garments. You know, new um, anointings, strategies. New strategies. Yes. Uh, our identities are being shored up and strengthened. And we're going to get that choice portion before the religious and the world structure gains access in either way to pervert it. Yeah. And to be able to speak that word into these people before it can be perverted so that they they will be grafted into the army.
1: That's amazing. Go ahead, Nadia. Well, what's interesting is that's kind of what this, well, it wasn't before. It was after the perversion had been presented. But this Baal Shalisha, because, you know, what he brought was the first fruits. That's what we're bringing is the first fruits of what the Father has sown into us. That's what we're taking into these nations and as the Father leads us. And so, you know, Dad was talking about barley and, um, you know, being God's people functioning in his will But being that which was going to destroy the things that weren't of the father, you know, and it does, it meant like a storm or to whirl away, but that the word for corn is actually about being fruitful or plentiful, but then it also roots back to a vineyard and it talks about the vine dresser. So it's like teaching or giving that understanding that not only are you going to function like you're intended, but then you're going to continually tend to the word of the Lord. You're going to be that vine dresser. I mean, it's not just the experience Mm -hmm. that we're giving people. We're giving them the understanding, that first root understanding of what it is to function and what it is to guard the things of the father and to have those be the things that you submit to and allow to form your life um, you know, the word for husk, it was a little different. I mean, to talk about wind initially, but then it talks about a sack or something dubious. And I was like, well, not quite sure how to <laughs> make that tie in, but nonetheless that you just realize the first fruit of what you're giving. And we know it's been about function. We know it's that dunamis, but that it's really the function in the specific manner as a vine dresser, as one who, um, you know they go in and you and you they're going to be then able to take out the things that aren't aligning because in Benel's what more do they need like a Gilgal where you have all these demonic strongholds, but to be able to go and take over those demonic strongholds established in their land, but to have the proper equipping and tools
2: to be able to do that, It kind of reminds me of when the you know those those seven things around of demonic strongholds around the Sea of Galilee, and how the uh, over and over the disciples were kind of being challenged beyond their what seemingly ability was at that point to address it in a successful way, even down to the attack on the sea of Galilee in the boat, Mm -hmm. you know, when Jesus is like, what's the big deal? Don't we have the promise? Do you not know that the son of God is in the boat with you? So you think the enemy can really do something here and, and, you know, everyone's was freaking out. And, and I, I really, where was I going with that? (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, the addressing they because before we were not we were kind of in that place in many ways, where the disciples were, we couldn't properly address, we wouldn't have been able to address those strongholds in the way that needed to be addressed, yeah, because we just didn't have the proper garments yet. We had wonderful garments. I'm not saying there was any less value to the garments, but they weren't equipped yet. We weren't equipped yet to be able to um, apply them maybe, or however you want to look at it,
0: Walking to, to at clean and yeah. to
2: act, assess, mm-hmm. and then to be able to call, you know, what needs to be done there in that point, in the way that it needs to be done at that point in our lives.
0: Right. Right. And you, everybody could stand up here and say stuff, but I look at how, how I am and how I see things and how i follow god and i had to stop seeing things to follow god and then i started seeing things in the spirit to follow god it's like okay if i do this and i do this i do exactly what you say then the manifestation will be right there for me to see it'll happen in the natural i'll see it it'll be great that's not how it works what what has to happen first is obedience once the obedience occurs and you do what you're supposed to be doing, the results do not matter to us. They're not supposed to matter. But we know now, I mean, we're in a place where we know God's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's He's not going to only give, I'm only going to give half of them because they only played half a game. So they only get half a snow cone. So that's it. But if they play a whole game, I mean, a whole, you know, it's not. it's not the way he works. And that is, for me, it's been very hard to overcome. I'm still working on it. But I think, I mean, it's part of my upbringing that got me there. I'm I'm not faulting anyone. I'm just saying, Kim, talk to me now. When you grow up in a Catholic church where everything has a, a, you know, you do an action and then a, a reaction, you think everything is like that with God. You do this, that happens. You do this, that happens.
2: Yeah, go ahead. That's all part of what the fast is doing. Mm -hmm. It's it's cleansing away, purging those those mindsets, those perspectives, and laying those aside or getting rid of them, so you don't lay them aside. You don't want anything to do with them. (laughs) But you know, getting rid of them so you can begin to look through the perspective of the spirit,
0: which is oh, so very important. I thought
2: it was interesting that that Baal Shalisha Uh also with the three, you could also. I guess, extrapolate a threefold perspective mm-hmm. into that as well.
0: You could, and there, there was another three in there too, in that scripture, you know, God as obviously he's continuing to be amazed, amazing, amazing, amazing. So I was, I, you know, I compiled this with all the places that we've seen, seen with scriptures. Then I started looking to find all the trees. I haven't found them. I found what, The fig tree for Gilgal, and then the almond tree for Bethel. That's as far as I've gotten. So when we go next week, I'm expecting there to be a lot more information of these places that's going to be poured out. But if you look through the scriptures once again, you can see the emphasis God had in those regions what what was the glory deposit, so to speak, I'll say that, of each one of these places that the sons of the prophets would be in those places there'd be a training school, there'd be people there learning, there'd be you know elisha and elijah and and Samuel what what was happening in each one of those places so if you want all the scriptures that i that I have and the the, the stuff that I've gleaned because I, I grabbed stuff out of the nemonionicch books. I went and looked through those guys and put this all together. I will be happy to send it to you. But I know Vicki, you're working on a, some way to chart stuff when we go there and see how much, you know, Pastor Ron also pours out. Because he said you're going to talk about the trees. So, and um, I just think the trees is really neat. I mean, I know there's places where I've seen stuff about trees where when you read all the way through, it goes back to a musical instrument. Okay. That's right. Trees made me. Okay. It's just, it's amazing the things that that God's got in his scripture that he's revealing to us. So I think that's all I have. If you guys have anything, I mean, we could start going into Pastor Ron's the Gilgal fast and go, oh my gosh. But anyways, that's why I brought the teaching just in case we did. The Gilgal. Okay. I hope, I hope this turns out to be helpful. I don't know what else to say but that. Go ahead, Vicky. interesting, uh,
2: you know that here Elisha is at Gilgal, the place they're supposed to return to to remember their identity hmm and at this point there's there's such a famine of the word of the debar that they're they don't really know their identity, you know they're they're having he's having to teach it to them, mm-hmm even though that should have been a returning point. Right. I mean, certainly Gilgal was set up long before Elisha hit the scene. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of years before. Mm-hmm. So just kind of interesting that it that is. somehow got lost in all that translation as well in the time frame. Yeah,
0: and that is that is what happens, which is why we, you know, I think how many times do we answer, I don't think this, but some people might say, how many times do you have to fast? How many times do you have to go to Dallas and listen to stuff? You know, as many times as God tells us to go, because there's always something new. When it's not new, then you're in the wrong place. If you don't have new things coming, you're in the wrong place, and we don't we don't want to be in that wrong place.
2: We should be thankful that the Father has set this time aside to gather the sons together. Mm-hmm. To, uh, I mean, because each one is like a juncture point in a way. Yes, it there's, is. There's even if it's not something. You know, there's bigger juncture points, I guess I guess a juncture point as opposed to a little I don't know. <laughs> spell that. Um I mean, but everyone is very fruitful. Mm-hmm. Everyone has something that it's it's being sown into our identity as a son. And this is really no different than him calling the sons three times a year to the feast days. And I mean it's 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 a it's our lifeline to him in many ways. As well as our ongoing commune, that's, I mean, it starts there. Yeah. But I mean, this is just like, uh, icing on the cake in many ways. But this time is, I think this time is very, very critical to the point of equipping. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's going to be equipping us with stuff that we have not probably even known we needed. Yeah. Not even gone there to think about just going to say it's
1: interesting, too, because it makes you think about when Scripture says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, that and the idea that the enemy doesn't have anything new to pull from. And you just look at what was happening in Gilgal, a place where people were supposed to know their identity and come back to be reminded. And then I look at our nation and I think about how we're almost like a mirror image of what was going on here in our timetable and the time frame that we're in, and that you have so many in the church who don't know their identity. I mean... Our nation was initially founded on people who wanted to pursue God and that that was kind of the foundation. And yet we've gotten so far away from that, that there's been this twisted perspective of what freedom, really what freedom means, because, you know, pushing all these ideas of, well, if you want to be something other than what God's made you, you know, that's freedom. And if you don't accept that, then you're putting racist. people down or racist Why, yeah. or whatever number of things. And so it's almost like, you know, this COVID timeframe, it's like, this is a famine. That <laughs> was the famine that was brought upon all well, the world, but just in regards to our own nation, you know, and the father has equipped us as saints in the middle. We're the school of the prophets. We're these faithful sons that he's equipping so that, you know, when we come back around to, okay, This is why you're established here. This is who, how you're supposed to be functioning that then we can go forth and, you know, to the, you say the dollar general, you know, to the the general church, you know, and remind them of their identity and not just the identity, but how they're to function in it, which again, you can't give what you don't have. And so for us to have been given that greater understanding in this past three years, really what the father has formed in each of us, it's so much greater offering that we have than what we started off with, as great as that was, because we still had the understanding of sonship, but that there's another element, another point of understanding that we have to give that without it, we wouldn't have. Right. Yes. And
0: amen, Adrian. Yes. And amen. Okay. We're good. Thank you all.